Hello, and welcome to the Conversations with Data podcast, where we bring you the most interesting discussions around data journalism. I'm your host, Tara Kelly, and our latest episode features Marie Sager, a data journalist at The Economist. She talks to us about her path into data journalism, The Economist's pandemic coverage, and launching the new off-the-charts weekly newsletter, which takes readers behind the scenes of The Economist's data stories. Let's take a listen to our conversation with Marie Sager now. Marie Sager, welcome to Conversations with Data. Hi, Tara. Nice to meet you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to have you on. So I wondered if we could just start out by talking about what first got you interested in data journalism and your journey into the field. That's a really good question. So I kind of gradually became interested in data journalism. Um, I think that the first time I really became aware of it was actually at an event organized by Google in in Berlin. Um, It was kind of like a eclectic mix of like different organizations presenting their work and there was someone from Storyful and I I really like their work they, they don't do data they do videos and like verifying videos and stuff um, and there also happened to be an American um, data journalist whose name I'm now blanking on and she um, presented tools from the night lab um that were data journalism tools like how to like create like um a data timeline and like quite basic things now that I look back on it obviously but um yeah I looked at that and I was like this sounds really cool and I've been looking um to apply for a master's degree that kind of combined my love for words but also my love for numbers at that point, I'd already applied for the digital journalism master's that I did at Gortsmouth College, um, and that like really kicked off. Tell us about the Goldsmiths program. How did that work in terms of like coding and data storytelling skills and developing that? The program that I think is really interesting because it's half journalism, half computing, and that's what um, led me to it. So the computing side was um, split into different modules. We had... Um, a data storytelling module, a data visualization module, um, and some other data and computing modules where we learned just basic HTML and like building websites. And the first thing we did was working with WordPress and kind of customizing it. Um, and then we did, you know, did things from scratch. Um, and it was really, really cool. And I learned so much, also just so much about like, using Excel and um, using Google Sheets um, for projects, actually for the German election, which is um, coming up again. I worked on a project where we scraped the German survey website. Uh, It's called the Sunday question, where they ask people who they would vote for if the elections were this Sunday. And we figured out a way, this is really kind of early on in our course, when we could do like HTML stuff and like done some Excel and Google Sheets, but couldn't use Python yet or anything like that. So, um, and that's where we have discovered a way to scrape websites with Google Sheets, which is really exciting. 
Now, what one thing do you wish you knew about data journalism in the field before you started that you'd like to share with our listeners? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think perhaps one thing that um, a lot of students say to me is that they're really interested in data journalism, but they were never good at math at school. And I don't think that's the same thing. You don't have to be, you don't have to have been really good at school in math to be a great data journalist. Um, and I think that scares a lot of people and probably especially women away. Um, and I think that's that's really sad because you need to enjoy data, but you don't need to, yeah, have had great math grades or, you know, love statistics. Like there's so many different different ways of doing data journalism. Um, and that isn't just like higher math. Absolutely. Now, you're a data journalist at The Economist, and I just wonder if you could just talk to us a little bit about your work there and also this weekly newsletter you started called Off the Charts, which takes us behind the scenes of your work in data journalism. So could you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we launched Off the Charts about mm, 10 weeks ago now, um, and it's been a really exciting journey. And obviously, before that, there was so much work that went into it before we, we even launched it, all the prototypes and the planning and like the newsletter team. This really, really amazing um, process and um, I kind of we kind of started doing them partly because our team really loves other data newsletters so uh, we all subscribe to um, conversations with data obviously and um, we've been on your newsletter before which is really great um, and um, Sophie Sophie warns fair warning and Gisette Salasso's brilliant data newsletter that I actually read every week and uh, Gavin Freegart's um, graphic warning we all really enjoy reading those and then I don't know if you ever saw any of our medium articles but I kind of um, worked on coordinating those and um, they were basically what we're doing now in our newsletters were very similar so we had some like really great pieces one from my colleague Sarah Leo um, titled Mistakes We've Drawn um, where she um, walks uh, the readers through charts we've published before in print and in hindsight how we would have designed them now and um, that was a really popular piece for us and I think just this like educational behind the scenes is so so interesting and like makes makes our work more accessible and data journalism as a whole more accessible I think and that's something that's always been really, really important to, to me personally, um, because I find this industry so, so difficult to, um, to get into when I was a student. Everything seemed so opaque. Um, so I really love it when people make an effort to be more open and transparent and, you know, share the behind the scenes. So tell us about the data team at The Economist. You say there's 15 people on the team you guys have grown quite a bit I've seen you hiring recently too but I'm just curious like what are the different skills and um tools that you guys use um and yeah what what are is it mainly designers or developers or journalists who have all these skills like what's the mix yeah I always try to explain how our team works because I think it's something that 
before I joined The Economist, I never really understood. Um, so we basically have a handful of data journalists, a handful of visual data journalists, and then we have um, two interactive data journalists. So the data journalists gather and analyze data and write the text. Um, and the visual data journalists take that data and then make something super compelling for our graphic detail section or for our daily charts or for our other um, print sections out of it. And, um, and our interactive data journalists create, as you'd expect, really beautiful interactives. Um, and how do you guys work with other teams within The Economist? Are you guys, you're, you're pitching your own stories, you're doing your own thing, but do you ever collaborate with someone who's maybe a specialist in a certain topic? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think especially during um, the pandemic, obviously, you know, we've worked a lot with um, our health correspondents. And so the data journalists write for um, the graphic detail section and for daily charts, but they also contribute to other sections. Like one of my colleagues recently wrote um, uh, a finance lead note and um, a leader to go with it. Um, so we don't just write for the graphic detail section, but we do work um, across the paper and we also collaborate with other people. So um, I'm hoping to work on a climate story this year, um, as everyone else, I guess. <laughs> um, and for that, it would be really great, for example, to work together with our main climate correspondent. Right. And I'm curious, like, what impact has the pandemic had on the Economist, like, have you guys seen uh, more subscriptions since then? Um, are you seeing more of a demand for more data-led storytelling from your audience? Yes, definitely. Um, I don't really know that much about subscription numbers, but we've seen huge interest in our journalism during the height of the pandemic and the first lockdown, um, where one of my colleagues, James Tozer, he was the first to gather access death data. So um, looking at access mortality statistics and gathering them all together and uh, on the back of that we started our um, access mortality tracker another one of my colleagues James Frenchum looked at Google movement data and so so he did the first article on how um, people had stopped going to work and um, how like Italy city centers were completely dead and after that Google made the data public so yeah, that that was really cool and like so loads of interest from our readers. And then actually um, for the election, we also had a lot of interest in our data journalism and the forecast that uh, my American colleagues worked on. So yeah, it's, it's been a really crazy year, I think, for data teams across the country, <laughs> across the world. And I wonder what other um, pieces you know, you're proud of either you personally or also that The Economist has done in terms of data visualization and data journalism projects? Um, there's so many really cool projects, I think, that that we've done. I think the um, Access Mortality one is a really great example. Um, and the um, Google location data is really, really cool. I later did a story um, for the world in um, with that data. And the US election forecast was a really amazing team effort, I think, that 
be really proud of. And the Big Mac Index, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, the Big Mac Index. Um, yeah, I mean, that is obviously such a flagship interactive tool for us. And um, we redesigned it, um, I think, two years ago. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it looks even better now. And um, it's such a cool tool. Um, we update the data, I think, every half a year. And um, one of my colleagues, he's actually not on the data team. Um, she's in, in our research department. Rox usually does that. And yeah, it's a really great tool. We get so much feedback from students and lecturers and on it. It's 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 really fantastic. Now I just wonder, um, you know, what are the go-to data sources that you tend to to use? I mean, I know you've done a lot around gender issues, particularly looking at the pandemic and what impact that's had on women and their careers and, and you know, their livelihoods. So I just wondered, what are some of the go-to data sources that you use regularly or that you, for this particular topic even? I just use loads of different data sources, to be honest. Um, so obviously we work a lot with data from governments, but also NGOs, and we collaborate with um, with organizations and um, talk a lot to um, academics. So I think that's one thing actually that our team at The Economist is really good at talking to academics and like finding great ways of presenting their findings. I think in terms of data on um, gender equality, there's so many different organizations that do really great work that I feel like can't really single one out. Um, But at the moment, I'm reporting on um, periods, actually. So loads of really fantastic um, organizations that do a lot of research into that. And um, I will be using that data for that. Now, I actually attended an event that you spoke at in 2019. It was at the BBC in Manchester. And you were talking a little bit about, you know, breaking into data journalism. And I just wondered if maybe you could give some advice and tell us a bit about what people who are new to the field um, could do to sort of make it in this field. Where should they start, in your opinion? Yeah, I'm I'm really passionate about trying to show that there's so many different ways into data journalism. Getting into journalism full stop is hard. You know, it's not always a straight line, right? Like I didn't graduate and then started as a data journalist at The Economist. So I think, you know, especially like millennials and Gen Z, like we tend to have really high expectations and like we just expect a lot from ourselves. So I think it's really important to kind of take your own time with it. And um, what I always recommend, which at the moment feels a bit mood because there's a global pandemic, but um, I basically just um, reached out to people a lot and um, went to um, a brilliant meetup called Journal Coders um, in London that's organised by brilliant people in data journalism. I think Max Harlow works for the Financial Times and then there's Leila Hadou who organises it too. And so um, that's a really, really great way also if, meeting people who already work in data journalism and meeting other students. So so that's been been so helpful for me in my career. And the same goes for Hex Hackers, which is still um, happening online at the moment, I think. So that that's um, a meetup where they have 
people presenting from different organizations. Um, it's not purely data journalism. It's kind of the intersection of hacks and hackers, journalists and um, developers, I guess. And so basically what you're saying is you started out, you did your degree at Goldsmiths, and then I think, didn't you get a Google News Initiative scholarship? Yeah, so I did the degree at Goldsmith, and then over the summer we were all working on our final project, and I um, did an internship that was um, that was actually sponsored by the um, ONS, the Office of National Statistics, and um, I interned with Trinity Mirror, um, they're now called Reach, up in, in Manchester, and... Um, finished my um, my final project and then I went to Germany for the GNI fellowship and um, covered the German general election uh, for Der Spiegel which is really exciting um, from like a data perspective so I created an interactive thank you diagram for them and um, wrote about the number of women that had been elected and how that compared to other countries. And then you went to The Economist as a social media data journalist fellowship, I think. Is that correct? Yeah, I started at The Economist in this kind of ritual. Um, I was a social media and data journalism fellow. And what that meant was writing social media posts for the data team. Um, and that was a really, really exciting opportunity. And I learned a lot about the way e-commerce works and how how we do data journalism and how it can work well on social media. I got to experiment a lot, which is really great. So we worked a lot with data gifts and um, did some other cool things like uh, Reddit AMAs. Um, and yeah, that was really, really fun. And then you turned that into a job at The Economist, a data journalist. Yeah, like halfway into my fellowship, I think I started pitching uh, data-driven articles for online. And um, yeah, it's kind of like a very slow and steady way into it. And I'm just curious, in your day-to-day job now, what coding skills are you using? What design skills are you using? And also what tools are you using? But yeah, I'm really interested in what your skills are in in terms of coding and, and design. Yeah, so I think that's super interesting because um, at Trinity Mirror, like the way different teams work, like dictates a lot of this. So um, when I was at Trinity Mirror and Outreach, I kind of did a little bit of everything, but all the like data work and the writing and um, stuff like that. But then they they had an interactive developer who would turn things into interactive tools and they had a designer who would design things for print. And then at Der Spiegel, the team was really small. So I did the development design and writing and analyzing, gathering data with Python and R um, and using a lot of Google Sheets. And I use a lot of OpenRefine too, uh, which is a really great open tool. And then for the election stuff, because there's so many um, organizations working with PDFs, um, uh, I also, um, I think, used Tabula quite a lot back then. Um, so many really great tools that are also open, openly accessible, I think. And yeah, for The Economist, I also don't really use Python anymore because I've kind of switched to R because most people on, on the data team use R, especially the visualizers don't use Python. And so 
working together with them makes it much easier if I work in R. So when I started at The Economist, I started teaching myself R. And that's been a really cool journey. Such a cool tool. So those are probably the things I, I use the most. And I don't design or code interactive anymore just because there are people who can do it way better than me. <laughs> yeah, but it's still good to have the ability to pull something together if you needed to, right? Totally, yeah. No, I think it's it's a real plus to be um, very versatile um, and to be able to understand these things. So that actually, like my coding skills helped me so much when I was doing the social media stuff, for example. So creating data gifts from our interactors is so helpful to be able to like look at the source code and that just like tweak little things so I would get um, the interactive without any text or you know like things like that were really really helpful so it's really great to be an all-rounder but I'd say that you know if you're looking to get into data journalism and you're like well I really enjoy the data work but I don't really have an eye for design like that shouldn't stop you. Um, and I just wondered, since you've started a newsletter at The Economist, a, a data newsletter, I, what other ones do you follow and, and do you recommend for data journalists to to also subscribe to? It, it, of, of course, off the charts, but any additional ones? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, obviously Conversations with Data was a big inspiration. The way your newsletter tries to show the behind the scenes of data journalism I think that's what we're trying to do with off the charts so 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 I think it's really really similar in that but what I love about yours is that you guys are actually like getting the data journalists to sort of explain you know what's going on with the story whereas I'm more just talking to individuals and finding their behind the scenes but you're really lifting the veil behind the economist of how you guys are working, which I think is really helpful, not just for the data journalists who are following it, but also the readers, right? Thanks. Yeah, I hope so. We get really good feedback from people, which I think really makes it worth it. So we have an email off the charts at theeconomist.com that people can email us on and those go to me and some other people on the team. And um logging back in on um on a Wednesday morning after we've sent out the newsletter Tuesday night and seeing emails saying this is so amazing like that that just feels so good absolutely and I just finally wonder if you could tell us you know what data visualization experts or journalists you admire most and follow there's so many really inspiring people in our field. Um, Mona Chalabi is obviously one of the greatest inspirations, I think. Um, she's amazing, such a trailblazer. Um, she's really fantastic work. I think everyone in our field um, knows, knows her work. And some, some other people that I think um, kind of intersect with data journalism, perhaps, that um, you know, not everyone will have heard of um, Jane Bradley, who um, is an uh, investigative reporter for the New York Times. Um, I really admire her work. Those are academics. Like I read um, and reviewed Carl Backstrom's book last year, Calling Bullshit, which was about how to detect shoddy data or lies in data. Very similar to like Tim Harford's data detective like his work I think is really inspiring 
And I just finally wondered, how do you come up with story ideas for, you know, the data storytelling at The Economist? Are there any things that help you sort of brainstorm or you just sort of follow the news agenda? I think there are two different ways of coming up with data stories. And one is to like find data, analyze it and find a story in it. And the other is to, you know, notice something in real life or, you know, have a news event and then go look for the data. And um, I think some people in data journalism think that one way is more valid than the other. But I think both ways are great ways to find data stories. Like I can give one quirky example, I think, for when I noticed something in real life and then went out to find the data for it, which was I wrote an article about houseplants. Um, I noticed that everyone was buying houseplants. Um, this was in like 2017, I think. The interest in houseplants just seemed to be exploding. There were all these startups launching, delivering your houseplants and all of those things. So I worked with um, kind of sales data and Google Trends data to figure out whether this was actually a real trend or whether this was just like happening in my bubble or, you know, in my head. And um, we, with the Google Trends data, we were able to see that it was a really steep upward trend for lots of different plants. So we plucked in things like uh, Monstera, succulents, hanging plants, money tree. And um, what was really stunning was that um, the interest in them was um, seasonal, which I think is funny because houseplants aren't seasonal. You can buy houseplants all year round. But people love to buy houseplants, especially in spring. But yeah, we also obviously cover news events. So um, I've written a couple of pieces looking at uh, the makeup of parliaments, the gender makeup. Um, and um, for example, when Spain got a new parliament and it was um, extraordinarily female. So um, yeah, that's kind of um, more newsy data journalism where then, you know, you go out and like, have to gather data for um, lots of different countries. Well, that's super interesting. Uh, thank you so much, Marie, uh, for joining us today on Conversations with Data. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Want to hear more interesting discussions on data journalism? You can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also get the podcast straight to your inbox by subscribing to our Conversations with Data newsletter at datajournalism.com forward slash subscribe. I've been your host, Tara Kelly, and that's all for now. See you next time.